Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Tevin Pittman, Alex Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back. Special guest Peter Hedges coming up next. Tom Bernard Show. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information. Should have some great guests this hour, I would think, in any case. That would be quite the con- uh, coincidence if Peter Hedges does call in, because I was just thinking about him this morning, because I, no I had no idea he was going to be on the show today. I was just thinking of him this morning, because uh, he's got a new show called Ben is Back. It's on, uh, I think it's on Netflix, I believe. Let me see, to make sure that this... Lionsgate Home Entertainment. I, th- I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure, though. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, w- when he calls in, we'll talk more about that. That'll work, won't it? Yes. He also wrote one of the greatest books of all time and was made into a damn good movie, which kicked off Leonardo DiCaprio's career. Oh. He wrote What's Eating Gilbert Grape. That was a good movie. God, it was good. Great really, movie. really good. So in, in any case... Uh, he, uh, yeah, if he, if he does indeed call in, uh, we'll track him down and get everything started. So what else? Everything else good? No, but. <laughs> why, no. Isn't, why isn't everything else good? Why, why do you think everything's not good, Dad? 
Because it's 80 below in March? No, because no. you know because why. Jelly. Yeah, I know. Mm. I know. Eight years. It's a long time to have a have a puppy around. And now. Does everybody know what we're talking about? No. No. Which I can say. Bella has um, metastasized lung cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And the vet gave her like about a month. Oh, really? Mm. Unless we did chemo, which would extend her life yeah. six months but it's like why put her through that yeah for a couple yeah. extra months how old is she 15 okay and we don't know her the history before that's why i asked mm-hmm. if smoking people smoking uh, gave dogs yeah. lung cancer because it's like it's really uh, rare in dogs and we yeah. didn't have her first the six first six years of her life so I'm like, yeah. maybe she lived with a smoker, smoker. I, I suppose they could get lung cancer if they're in an in a home of yeah. a smoker because yeah. they lived in an, she lived in an apartment Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. so it's like if she was living in an apartment with somebody being hot boxed her whole life, yeah, for yeah. six years, Ugh. you know, and she went from being <laughs> like tell. totally fine to all of a sudden like Bella's. That's how sick. it. That's mm-hmm. how it happens. Like our, yeah. with Cassie, our childhood dog, it was like kind of over the well, course yeah, Cassie, of a few months. Cassie was unkillable yeah. though. Yeah, he tried. And he was eighteen, but yeah, he Bella tried. was just like something's going on with Bella. Mm. But yeah. Well, Bell. we do have Peter Hedges on the phone. Marvelous. Peter, how are you? Hi there. Hi, I'm, I'm joining a conversation about pets and sounded great. Yeah. Our, <laughs> yeah. our yeah. daughters, our, a, a dog that's been in our family for eight, nine years is dying, unfortunately, and our daughter. Oh, she, no, uh, I'm sorry. Thanks. Mm, yeah. It's a terrible deal. Terrible thing, but what are you going to know? I'm uh, so uh, sorry. What's well, nice of you, Peter? Thank you. Well, we, uh, no, I, I have just two dogs. We, 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 I feel like when you get a dog, you, you just basically sign up to have your heart broken. Yep. You yeah. know, but you do. The, yeah. the, the joy, do. the joy they bring is, is so immense. I mean, it's a kind of love that I, I don't know. I wish more of us loved the way dogs do. You know, they're just so beautiful. So I'm real sorry. They are. Well, that's very nice Thank of you. you. Thank you. Now, by coincidence, I, I never know who's going to be on the show. I don't look and see in advance who the guests <laughs> are going to be or what. I, I don't. I never do that because I, I want to have a nice conversation instead of some, you know, made-up, phony-sounding deal. I want it to be honest. So I didn't know you were going to be on today. But by coincidence, I was thinking about you this morning because I saw Ben is back, is, is available now. And knowing your – first of all, let me start with this. Peter, you made me cry with what uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape. Way to go, Peter. Well. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes, mmm. He just goes, mmm. <laughs> no, I loved it. Absolutely. No, I, 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 I admire your work. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, no, I'm uh, in, in, you're in Minneapolis. Is that correct? Mini- That's right? correct. Minneapolis. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I grew up in West Des Moines, and of course, um, if you're from West Des Moines, you know, you either, for excitement, you go to Chicago or Minneapolis or Kansas City or St. Louis or Omaha. Those, those are your choices, but my family, we always went to Minneapolis, so um, I just have so many happy memories of, of not only Minneapolis, going to the Guthrie Theater when I was a kid and playing miniature golf. And there was a great Sears outlet where we bought all our clothes once a year uh, that sure. had a discount. Um, and then we would drive north to a small lake, Portage Lake, up northern Minnesota. That was where my family vacationed every summer of my childhood. So 
Um, I'm so happy to be talking to you because I'm also talking to someone who's probably as cold as I am today. Um, <laughs> so, so there we go. That's true. But um, anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so Advantage Back is a movie that my most recent film, and um, like Gilbert Grape, it's it's about a, a, a family that's being tested, um, and it's a story about a particular a mother who. Uh, will not give up on um, her son who is um, suffering um, in, in kind of early recovery, but kind of a, a tenuous recovery from a heroin opioid addiction. And oh. it all takes place over the course of one, one day. Uh, Julie Roberts plays the mom. Um, I love writing kind of fierce, singular moms, and I think um, – Mother and Gilbert Grape had a ferocity when she goes to get Arnie out of jail. And right. that was a moment of kind of mother's tiger love. Uh, this movie is just an all-out articulation of a mother who will not give up on her kid. And a kid who's trying really hard to do the right thing, but it's not easy when, 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 you, when you suffer the way he's suffering. So that's the movie. No, Peter, and it, it, I will tell you this. Funny and full of love. Go ahead. Sorry. It's wonderful. Uh, no, 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 not a problem because I, I I love your work anyway. But the other reason that it, it's such a coincidence you're on today and the fact that I did see just uh, yesterday, my wife and I were in Cuba, so we just got back. And the first thing I sat down and I saw that Ben is back is now available. And uh, by coincidence, again, my best friend in the world, his daughter just died of a heroin overdose uh, about 10 days ago. Yeah. And she's oh, only 22 no. years old. That was unbelievable. I mean, the, the the timing of this, Peter, is pretty amazing, actually. Uh, so yeah, it's it's something very familiar to us, or you know, special in our hearts, because uh, we were just talking about people's brains forming, and your brain doesn't fully form till you're 27. So if you do experiment with drugs like heroin before you're that age, there's every chance that that it, it's a lot of times impossible to overcome that very first uh, hit of, of heroin, that fir- first shot or however you took it. It's an amazing story. Did well, anything in particular... No, it's... Oh, sorry. Well, first of all, I'm sorry no, about ahead. your friend's daughter. Um, what you. struck me in my research was the number of people um, whose first entree into opioids is through, of course, prescription pain pills. And um, 80% of all heroin users' first uh, entrance into the opioid experience was through uh, prescription pharmaceuticals. Now, sometimes they're gotten illegally and used, misused, but often they're not. Um, in my particular film, the character of Ben had a snowboarding injury, and the doctor gave him pain pills. I, I have a friend who got hooked uh, from having her wisdom teeth out. And, um, oh, my God. Uh, so it's a it's a huge issue, and it's um, the pharmaceutical industry has been um, complicit, um, and uh, really there's been a lot of misinformation, and there's a, a lot of interesting research that's not interesting; it's horrifying actually coming out. There's a just a ton of evidence that some of the people knew how addictive these pills were, and we weren't told. And once we were told, it was kind of out of the gate. And um, so, so it's uh, you're, you're right about the young brain. They call it NFL, no frontal lobe. Uh, you know, the frontal lobe is slow to develop, in, mm-hmm. particularly in men, young men. But mm-hmm. but it's true in women too. 
Um, but but there are people, you know, there are grandparents who are getting hooked. Um, uh, there are people of all ages and all, you know, racial backgrounds, all uh, all economic uh, disparity. I mean, it, it's impacting everyone at, at all levels, and it's um, so. I was surprised. I, I didn't realize that that some of the causes of this were were actually coming from from uh, from doctors and from from the pharmaceutical industry. It was it 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 rattled me when I well, it was one of my friends who overdosed. I didn't know had a, a pain pill addiction. I, I didn't I didn't know I and I thought I knew a lot, but I didn't know that is even a kind of a, a an it just didn't make sense. Um, but once I started researching, I, the evidence is just massive and it's it's mounting. So, isn't it just sad that the, 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 the look somebody's making money off it? If you want to break it really really down to its roots, the no. fact that, that no, it's just unbelievable. No, it, 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 it's, it's, it's shocking. And I've, I've had people say to me um, after I happened to get to go to nine film festivals and went to probably did 25 Q&As around the country at different screenings. I've had people tell me that, you know, a, a doctor said to me, look, there are opioids, uh, not opioids, there are pain pills I can prescribe that aren't addictive, but the insurance companies make it impossible yep. for me to prescribe them. <laughs> And oh, I've had a person say to me from one of the companies that we developed a pain pill that isn't addictive, and they shut it down because they can't make as much money on it. Now, Ugh. I'm not saying this is the only problem. This is the only problem. I will also say as the son of two parents, two, my mother and father both died very painful deaths from cancer. And Ugh. I was really grateful that hospice was a part of both of their, um, their passings. Um, and also, were, they were able to, you know, make those deaths less painful. Um, so I believe there's a real place for this, but but I I, I know from my own um, experience a, a shoulder procedure where they they gave me many more pain pills than I needed, and not mm-hmm. the warning that I could succumb, you know, over time if I kept using them. So it's. I don't. I mean, ultimately, this movie isn't just about that. It's about. It's really about the love of a mother for her son, and so I think there's something that's very universal in it. But there are some very particular aspects to this particular epidemic that's going to claim over seventy thousand lives this year in America. Um, that terrible. that we also try to explore in the film. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. We, 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 we felt it was an important story to try to tell, to put a human face oh, yeah. on something that, that, that a lot of times, um, I mean, I, look, I'll be honest, when we were shooting the film, I, I'm pretty open about my own family because I grew up in a family where my mother had a, was an alcoholic and she walked out the door, alcohol walked her out the door when I was seven. And I got to know her as a sober mother when she was 15, when I was 15. That's when I finally met my mom and got to experience the full glory of her. And she was a remarkable, remarkable person, sober. But when she was under, you know, when she was captured, really, by alcohol, she was a mess. 
and the same person, you know, what a loving being when she wasn't drinking, but what a, what a, what monstrous things she did when she was. Um, so, so I, I knew that from my own life and I'm pretty open about it because my mother's recovery was so miraculous and, and she was so public about it and spent the rest of her life basically in service of other people, trying to help other people get well. But I was stunned on my film, and since my film, uh, since the film came out, the people in my own life who are now sharing with me their, the secrets in their families, you know. So there may be people, if it hasn't impacted your family yet, and I say yet because it most likely will, if it hasn't yet, it very likely has impacted someone you love, and they may not talk about it because there's so much shame about it. Because I think one of the misunderstandings we have is that it's a it's a weakness of character, um, and it's 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 much more. It's not necessarily that. I mean, it it's it technically addiction is a disease. It's how it's understood in science as a disease. So it's it's a, it's equivalent to getting cancer, but. It, you know, and, and, and we, don't, we don't vilify the cancer victim. You know, we, we try to love them and help them. But often with people who are struggling with addiction, we, we don't, we, we, we just get frustrated and like, well, why are they doing that? Why can't they stop? And it, so it's a hard concept for those of us who aren't addicted to understand. But one of the things I try to do in the film is tell the story in such a way that maybe if you don't understand you come to understand with a little more compassion, hopefully, what what other people are, are going through. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, it actually is full. Uh, full release is tomorrow, but it is available in some spots as we speak. Again, I just happened to notice it last night, and by coincidence, you're on today, and then the loss of Allison and the loss of your friend. It's something nice to talk mm. about, and the only weakness of character I find is someone who wants to make money off other people's misery. Yeah. I never understood that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible thought. It's almost unimaginable. And, and and now you'll even read that some of the companies who've developed the opioids have developed the, the drug that will help cure you from your addiction. So it's, it's a, <laughs> you know, it's kind of the, the, the arsonist fireman concept. You know, you start the fire and then you come in and put it out. And, and you're um, the hero. anyway, it, we, we, yeah, and then you're the hero. You know, look, we have a hard look to take at, at, at this because our our prisons are filled with people who committed crime when they were high or drunk, um, committed crimes. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. full. Uh, more than, I think, 60 or 70 percent of all crime in America is done when someone's under the influence of drugs or alcohol. So, and a lot of those people are your sons and my sons and daughters or our friends or even us who are, you know, you know, However, we got hooked. We got hooked in a way that was, you know, has hurt us. And and but the good news is there's a lot of good news too. There are there are there are people getting well, and there are people um, out there on the front lines really fighting the good fight, trying to trying to turn this you know this big broken ship around. I think it's wonderful, and I think it's up to all of us. And again, I'm we're we're right in in the fight here but i think if everybody understands what it really is all about and we all speak up and say this is not a character disorder this is a disease and it needs right. to be taken care of 
Absolutely. That'll help. I think that will help an awful lot. People are doing what you're doing. I think it's terrific, Peter. I appreciate your time today. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be a part of your small part of your big conversation. So, well, it's you. terrific. I, I hope to talk to you again soon, Peter. Thanks for your, for your time today, and we will okay. definitely be thank watching you so much. back. Thank you, sir. We'll be back. Oh, Tom okay. Bernard. Thank Joe. you, too. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Animal house, house, house. You know this? Why are you playing this? Yeah. I loved it. Well, Torchy, Torchy Smith, who's our upcoming guest, will be. He oh, was yeah. part of that. So, plus, I think we need something a little uplifting yeah. after talking yeah. about drug abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Yeah. It is absolutely true, but like I said, sometimes there are coincidences in life. Mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking about Peter Hedges last night and this morning because I do want to see Ben is back, and then there he is, a guest on the show, and, uh, you know, talking about all these things that should be talked about. It's not a character disorder. It It is not, and people want to believe that, particularly in people very, very young like that. You know, the I think Ben is, what, 19 in, in the uh-huh. movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 19, and, you know, Allison was only 22. I have a question for you about that. Does this make any sense? When we started our school systems all those years ago, why didn't we wait to educate our children until they reached the age of reason? What? Well, because you've got to form... You've got to you've got to learn language and math and stuff yeah. when your brain's malleable. But you can be... T- you, can be t- you, you learn language by hearing other people speak the language. Yeah, you do, but... I don't know. What else are you going to do with those kids all right. day long? Well, I mean, that's, the, that's yeah. the answer right there, is our schools have become a babysitting service. Yes. And then they go off to college when they're really not ready to be in college. Look, some people are and some people, most people are not, however. 
it would have made more sense to me to keep the children in the home till they were 10, 11 years old and then send them out into the world to learn things. That way they would have graduated college when they were 27 years old, when they can, their brains fully formed. That would have made complete sense to me. Why, why didn't we do that? Well, I think, I think little kids, their brain is like a sponge, and they're not learning anything, you know, that... I mean, they're learning stuff they actually need to know, like reading and writing yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. when they're in elementary school. But I, I do agree. I think a gap year or two years after call after yep. high school for a yeah. lot of people would be a really good That's idea, true. rather than just going into college and becoming a drunk for three years, mm-hmm. you know. And then, oh, I better straighten out and get my degree now, like a lot of them do. Yeah. There was just, uh, did you read about this fentanyl that they found in Westchester County, New York? No. They were... They just did a drug bust. The neighborhood was hiding enough fentanyl to kill two million people. Oh God! The DEA. Oh, said. it doesn't take very much to kill you. Yeah. Eleven right pounds here. of fentanyl and thirteen point two pounds of heroin. Because that's what we're understanding is that they're mixing fentanyl and heroin now. They're putting yeah. the yeah. fentanyl in the heroin that's because correct. fentanyl yep. is it's way stronger, so you don't need very much. So basically, it's a way to say like, oh, okay, so you can. You know, one hit of heroin will get you so high, but one hit of heroin with the fentanyl in it will get you even more high, et cetera, et cetera. And it's basically like, it's almost like watering it down, but in the opposite way, because fentanyl is cheaper and stronger, so they don't need to use as much of it. But they're, I mean, they're not using scientific equipment to do it. They're just saying, you know, they're just sprinkling it in there and then saying, yeah, it looks about right. And that's why people die is because even the tiniest bit too much of the fentanyl in a dose yeah. and you're not coming back from that. It's just unbelievable how well, many people are doing these drugs. It's yeah. just horrible. And it's one of the reasons I never became a drug user and certainly didn't become a drug addict because I never understood the wisdom of, I think I'll go out in the street and buy something from someone I don't know yeah. that they claim to be a drug that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. No. Exactly. Not happening. Yeah. I've never been tr- that trusting to shoot something in my vein that I got yeah, from Yeah, no, not something you're injecting, no. especially. Yeah. Not happening. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh this is not a political statement. It's just how, how odd the world has become. In any case uh, in the United States uh, uh, that a politician has made a statement about, uh, about sexual orientation or gender or skin color, they pretty much get told they're out of office and they get booted out of office. That's, mm-hmm. you, you've heard that happening over and over and over, mm-hmm. right? Representative Ilan Omar is catching flack on Twitter yet again for suggesting that U.S. politicians were being forced to pledge allegiance to Israel. It's anti-Semitic weekends with Omar, tweeted former New York State Assemblyman Dove Heikend on Sunday night, just hours after the Minnesota Democrat fired off her latest insinuation. On this week's episode, she'll talk about Jewish power, money, and dual loyalty, Heikend added. Next week, the apology, rinse, and repeat. How many anti-Semitic statements does this woman have to make before she gets the hook? It's every other day now. Well, she's saying that she's not, she's not anti-Semitic. She's, she's saying <laughs> yeah. that she just has different opinions than everybody else. Oh, that's what it is. So you have an opinion. You know, I, look, I go against the grain. I actually like Tevin. Most people don't. You know, so <laughs> oh, let's get the extra work. 
Just Tevin gets picked shots I love across the bow all day. <laughs> Look, I don't know Ilan Omar. I, she's she is my congresswoman. She she's our district, Catherine. Which whatever. I, 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 it's just. Why is it that some people get to run their mouths as much as they want, nothing ever happens, and other people say one little thing that no one can prove, and you ruin their life? That's a good question. I don't understand this. So I got, look, uh, you're anti-Semitic, whatever. Whatever you are is what you are, but you should have to answer for that. And I don't care what your skin color is, your gender is, your orientation is. I don't care. You need to answer just like everybody else. And you need to either shut up or get out of office, one or the other. But people don't want to say, oh, my God, she's a Muslim woman. We can't go. Yeah, you can. She's a human being. Well, yeah, that's the thing is Minnesotans are, they care more about being, you know, the fact that she's Muslim than what she's saying. What she says doesn't actually matter. It's just what she looks like that matters to them. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. The fact that she looks the way she looks. Oh, we can't. We have to protect her. No, she can protect herself. Mm -hmm. She's a grown woman. She's a human being. I don't care what her gender orientation or skin color is. She's an adult. She can take care of herself. And she can certainly understand what what she's doing is not really great. That makes sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I believe so. I don't know. I, I just, lady, would you just calm down? Well, and and by the same token, so you're spending all this time talking about Israel. When are you going to do something to help the people that voted for you? Explain that to me. So when when when's the hard work to help the people that voted for you? When's that come across? When's that come along? Hmm. Right. Well, you'd think that would be top priority. <laughs> that would be nice. Maybe. That would be nice for top priority. But you know, if it's not, then I guess it's not. Like I said, I don't I don't know this woman. I never met her. I I just don't understand how you can complete constantly running your mouth about uh, a religion and a culture that's pretty you see as pretty much the opposite of yours. That's not why you were voted in. People did not vote for you so you could run your mouth about Israel. I, when will do you think that the politicians will ever again serve the people? No, Is that I, ever going to happen again? I think they should get a like a like a checklist and everything they campaigned they have to get right. start getting checked off all the things that they promised that they were going to do I while like. in office or at least an attempt yeah. to get something done that they had on their campaign trail i don't know why we don't already do that you would think that well, we would be <laughs> politician honeydew yeah. list yes a honeydew yeah. we'll give you a planner <laughs> we can check it off we'll have to initial it once it's completed yeah. and let's stars. take away their twitter accounts yeah yes. don't get yeah. to have a twitter account a anymore idea. sorry i also uh again and I, I i'm not a big donald trump supporter but i'm not a big donald trump detractor either he's just kind of a president to me and i don't like people who want to be president so he's no different than any other president we've ever had as far as i'm concerned they're all incredibly arrogant people mm-hmm. uh they just are i mean if you want to be president there's a certain level of arrogance that that takes mm-hmm. don't you think um oh, yeah. What good does it do for a a person in Congress to say about the president of the United States, no matter who it is, he reminds me of Hitler? How does that serve the the people of the United States of America? Explain that to me. That's just the go-to thing to say if you're dumb and uneducated. But what you're doing is minimizing the death of 12 million people in concentration camps. They don't really... I don't don't think they're intelligent enough to understand what they're really saying they're just you know hitler bad this guy bad 
Hitler. There you go. Yeah, he's just like Hitler, killed 12 million people. Mm-hmm. No, no. These are the same people, by the way, that praised Chairman Mao, who actually did kill 80 million people. He I still love the fact that, oh, the, the chairman. Yeah, the chairman was a mass murderer. But other than that, everything's good. So that's it. I mean, um, it's not that I'm even mad about it. I just don't understand. You get a pass because we've decided this is the criteria for you getting a pass. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that at all. You, you need to be held accountable. And overall, being in your district, I can say this to you, Representative Omar, get off your ass and get to work. You work for me and everybody else in your district, so get to work. How about that? Instead of bitching about what happens in Israel. Right? Mm-hmm. Good luck trying to get anybody to work. That's it. <laughs> Look, I, you know, I, 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 I was talking to Mike Lindell about this, and he got very, very upset, and apparently he got so upset that he became deranged and was hugging a pillow in a... In, <laughs> And he was standing in a snowbank. I got to read the story. I saw an article that just had his picture, and then it was like frozen man found outside. It was like the first part of it. And I was like, no way. He just died outside in the snow. And I'm like, what is going on? So, Andy, there was a man reported, like, a deranged deranged man man standing outside in the snow. And the cops went, and it was a cutout of Mike Lindell. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so there's a deranged man standing on the snow hugging, hugging a, a pillow. pillow. <laughs> but he was hugging a pillow in a creepy way. Don't forget that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Poor Mike so Lindell. funny. Oh I, I reached out to him a couple of times. Yes, he always calls me back, but he hasn't called me back about this one. Oh, I'm sure he has to <laughs> go on every news news yeah. uh, station right now and yeah, say that was not true. me. Like, my pillow's stocks plummeted over. I'm okay. Oh. Oh no, he yeah. It was nationwide news. It was national news this morning. That that the well, I'll just read. It's only about four paragraphs. Minnesota cops responded this week to a call of a coatless, possibly deranged man standing outside <laughs> hugging a pillow and discovered that the person in question was actually a cardboard cutout of the My Pillow guy. Those cardboard cutouts sure pillow. can look real from a distance, the Jordan Police Department's Facebook page said, of the caller's understandable concern for My Pillow inventor and CEO Mike Lindell. And the caller certainly was not wanting to get too close, uh, thinking who is this deranged person standing outside in the cold hugging a pillow. In a creepy manner. <laughs> oh, how do you hug a pillow in a creepy manner, by the way? Mm. It's like reading. It's cardboard cut out, too. It's not moving. Like, I want, how long did this person yeah. stare yeah. at this He was frozen. Like, he was frozen. Yeah. He hasn't moved for a half an hour. Yeah, yeah maybe you should go like, check on that yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, on Saturday, Lindell57 linked to a story about the cold case, posting a laughing through tears emoji as his only comment. <laughs> Uh, Lindell was in the news Friday when he sat next to President Trump at the annual conservative political action conference in Washington and asserted that Trump was chosen by God to run for the White House. Well, that's what Mike Lindell believes, and he has every right to believe that, doesn't he? Exactly. So wait, who so, put the know. cut out there, though? They don't know. They have no idea it where it came seems from. seems weird that there's just like, it, yeah, it's has, like it grew out of the ground. Somebody had just an extra well, cut out laying around in their house, they're like, I don't need this anymore. 
I had just talked to Mike Lindell at Christmas when we're in, we're in Florida and we're at a movie and Catherine and I walk into the movie theater and there's about an 800 foot uh, video of Mike Lindell playing on the screen. Creepily hugging a pillow. Creepily <laughs> hugging a pillow. <laughs> made you uncomfortable. And then, it made me very, very uncomfortable. <laughs> then Catherine and I are sitting waiting for the train to go to the uh, port to go to Cuba and there's Mike Lindell again on the screen. Seriously. <laughs> so I'm, I'm constantly texting him going, God, I'm sick of seeing you. And now this happened. <laughs> Maybe he thinks I did it. Mm, maybe. maybe. Oh, Tom Bernard went out there and made it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like creepily, I, I still don't know. How do you creepily hug a pillow? I don't know. He's doing it really all that. over the yeah. world, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is doing it all over the world. I don't know. It's, uh, well, and I, I don't know who it was, it was Cassie or, or Tevin asked, how did they stare at the thing for yeah. long and realize it wasn't moving? Yeah, yeah. yeah. or that it was two-dimensional. Right. No. Like they, they did zero investigation. To, like, <laughs> take it was a quick, Before calling quick look, and you would have known that, yeah, this isn't an actual person. Well, did you see, Tevin, some racist woman, I believe it was in New York, uh, a black man was walking his dog. She was walking her dog, and the, do- and the the man's dog came up and started humping the other dog a little bit, and then they broke him apart. Mm. Instead of just moving on, the woman called the police. Ugh. Yeah. And basically said that the his dog was raping her dog. Wow. Oh, geez. Oh, my God. White people for you. We're, the, <laughs> We're crazy. Typical white, typical white woman, right, Tevin? Come on, go you white know, woman. You know, I, I, a lot recently. I, I, <laughs> I wish I could argue with you, but it's becoming yeah. that's just how it is. It, crazy it, white it, women. Between the abducted in plain sight and this Navage commercial that I saw the other day, like two of like, did you see What's Navage? These, it's like a uh, like a vacuum. I have it. Your, it's I knew awesome. It was a white person thing. It's <laughs> like, an allergies thing. You're like, a, you're like waterboarding yourself oh, with this like vacuum that shoots oh, water it, up one nostril like, and sucks oh, it out the other. Oh, it's heavenly when you're <sighs> congested. Yeah. it looks like it's torture. Like, um, no. It's like a neti pot that's like battery yep. operated or something. Exactly. What? Yeah. I love it. No, I yeah. love it. Hard pass. <laughs> My first thought after seeing Hard. the commercial was that yeah, Alex probably has two of these scenarios. <laughs> no, I do. Oh. I'm horrified of neti pots. <laughs> horrified. I yeah. do not want brain-eating amoeba. I no. Oh, you get the distilled in. water. Yeah. You buy the jugs no. of water. Well, yeah. I think I've said the story before that I had a boyfriend in college that used one and then four hours later water yeah. just poured out of his <laughs> nose and I was like, no. <laughs> No, that's weird. attractive. No. Where was that yeah. in your head for four hours? No. Yeah. I will never use a neti pot, no. ever. <laughs> kind no. of negative. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back a couple of minutes. With... Torchy Smith, our special. Yep. Oh, he's ready to go? He is. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks, or do you know them by their name? 
Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Robbie, who started in sales and is now director of recruitment. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Wow, this is a long intro. <laughs> there we go. I it's... never, ever, I never talk until that guitar riff right there. That's just too good. It's I love way, way... ZZ Top. Oh, my God. I do, too. I do, too. No question about it. Shooting the breeze with baby boomer stars. Surprising celebrity conversations in the retro generation. Tori Smith, how you doing? I am here. How are you, Tom? Everything is magnificent, as a matter of fact. The whole uh, the whole shooting match. My God, you've been busy your whole life. You retire, and then you don't yeah. retire, and then you got some. You always got new <laughs> things going on in your life. That must be very interesting. Yeah, I still live in the peanut gallery, though. I'm uh, I'm here with Howdy Doody all the time. That's not a <laughs> sorry, where, where can people? What's so that? is there? Where can people hear your radio show? Oh, if you're on iHeartRadio, all you have to do is type in Baby Boomers Talk Radio um, or go to my website, Baby Boomers uh, Talk Radio uh, at... Uh, .com. Yeah, .com. That's it. <laughs> the new generation. I'll handle this, mister. I like it. So, so I'm a member of the baby boomer generation. I'm not a star, though, so I don't qualify. But uh, uh-huh. what inspired you to do this? Well, uh, I always thought I was somebody who could have made it in Hollywood as a child actor uh, if I'd lived there. And uh, I always loved TV from uh, my generation. I got my kids in the show business. I was raised in Shaker Heights, and some of my fellow graduates uh, made it in Hollywood, and I got them started out there. And I thought, well, now it's my turn. And I thought, well, I'm going to try this. At 70... Some years old, I had the uh, ability for technology that my other friends didn't have, um, so I, I tried it. And if you read the first chapter of my book, you'll find out how I slid into this whole thing. It's a it's an excellent idea, actually. I think. Um, so, you know what? We talk about so. this once in a while. One of the things that I really like about this is, in the past, like when we were little little kids. Uh, once mm-hmm. someone hit that retirement age, they were kind of ignored, and they can no longer do that because the baby boomer generation holds so much of the money in this country. It is two what is two hundred and seventeen trillion dollars in assets in the baby boomer generation. That's amazing. Well, if you notice during our lifetime, the baby boomers always were the ones that the advertising agencies uh, denoted their 
consumer dollars to. Uh, mm-hmm. We control yes. the, the consumer economy. So, <clears throat> um, you know, investing depends <laughs> and nursing homes <laughs> now. <laughs> well. so, you know, forget the Pez dispensers. They're not going to work anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, so whatever... So whatever age group we were at, we just held the highest population, and uh, and that's what happened. So yeah, that's exactly. Uh, it. And by the way, still still sought after by advertisers too. People, I mean, the key demos now on television and radio, and in you know the the whole bit, basically newspaper websites as well. It's it's generally thirty five to death. You know, it used to be twenty yes, like eighteen yes. forty nine for television, twenty five fifty four for radio. Now it's pretty much thirty five to death. That's where all the money is. Yeah, and you notice well, who won the Academy Award for the best movie? It was about uh, our generation. So that's exactly uh, right. I think how yeah, I I think Hollywood executives though, uh, kids my daughter's age, uh, just don't get it. <laughs> and no, I understand. That's that. why there's. Yeah, that's why there's a retro TV station now, MeTV, mm-hmm. and they repeat a lot of these things, and they're highly popular and cheap. <laughs> so I tell you uh, something, Torchy. I, I never missed. I never missed the Rifleman on on MeTV. Oh, yeah, Chuck Connors, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Sorry to say, Johnny Crawford, who I've interviewed, which has a GoFundMe page now, has Alzheimer's. Mm. So, oh uh, no. That, yeah, yeah. I've interviewed him, and you, you can probably tell. I interviewed him two years ago. You can probably tell he was starting to lose it a little bit. And uh, he's about my age, 73, and he uh, was just recently put in a home. And uh, Paul Aww. Peterson, who was his best yeah. friend, one of his best friends, uh, if you don't know who Paul Peterson is or was <laughs> in uh, show business, he was on the Donna Reed show. He was a musketeer. And he has a organization called a minor consideration and after one of his friends rusty hamer from the danny thomas show blew his brains out um, mm-hmm. uh, paul decided to start an organization to help financially and also for legally uh, to help kids and help the country uh, help california uh, regain uh, status for his generation and has done amazing things so anyways uh, there's a GoFund uh, page uh, on Alzheimer's for Johnny or something like that, and it's easy to find and uh, help him along in the home that uh, he's been put in. So that is, that's, that's he was a big stuff. band leader. Believe it or not, uh, Johnny Crawford, after his rodeo stint, after he, he was a real cowboy-type person, believe it or not, uh, joined the rodeo after uh, the Rifleman, and then later on uh, conducted big bands. <laughs> you know, I had heard uh, that. Uh, I had yeah. heard that. Yeah, yeah. Cotillions That's and very all cool. Kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. Now I got to test you, Torchy. Yeah. You ready for the Paul Peterson Good. test? Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what was the What was the name of his only hit song? Oh, my dad. Very good, Torchy. Good job. <laughs> My dad what do I win? What do I win? is a man. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You win the book titled <laughs> Shooting the Breeze with Baby Boomer Stars. It was a good Where song, Where can I get that book? book? Can I get that book at Amazon? Can I go to my local bookstore and get yeah, it at yes. Barnes & Noble? I think Just I can. Just walk in and tell them. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you can. I think you're totally covered. So who who was the first person when you you're going to start writing Shooting the Breeze with Baby Boomers? Was there one person you wanted to kick it all off with, or, or who was the first person you interviewed for it? Well, <laughs> that's a very good question. I'm glad you asked that question. I am friends with Geraldo Rivera, and that is okay. a long story by itself. My daughter's best friend married Geraldo, and I've known him for 15 years. And <clears throat> but I didn't want to start it with him. Uh, you know, he was mm-hmm. he was my backup because <laughs> what if I made a mistake? So right. I did a local personality here uh, who I play golf with, uh, uh, named Les Levine, and uh, he's a sports announcer. But you know, mm-hmm. he's not national. I mean, you know, who who, who cares? So. I thought, how can I go national on this? And I thought, well, I really like the Mouseketeers. You know, uh. I, I, I think I can find them, but I don't want to blow the whole thing. So I said, well, how about if I, and I have a secret way of finding people on, <laughs> with, with names that uh, are like not John Smith, but somebody like J.J. Uh, Solari, and who is J.J. on the Mouseketeers, who got fired mm-hmm. after one year. But if, if you're a Mouseketeer, if you watch the Mouseketeers, he, he was on there and, and popular. So I found his name. I called him up. Who is this? What, what do you want? Get out of here. I don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I'm really going nowhere here. I said, okay, all right, all right. Well, I don't want anything to do with that. I, I, and we talked for about a half an hour. And I said, well, why didn't I tape this? <laughs> so, I talk him, so I talk him into an interview, and the first thing he says, okay, we are now having this interview about the, the, interview about the Mouseketeers. There was a time when I did not even want to hear that word. Life ended when the Mouseketeers ended. There was a reason why child stars would go berserk and blow their brains out at some point, because they can't make sense of anything else. I'm like, okay, now let's see if I have another question. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so the, the, it, it was, oh, my God. He was really putting down the whole thing. And he writes now for um, a motorcycle magazine and to make a – Long story short, I, he becomes a Facebook friend. He, we get the interview. Um, he tends to be somebody who is very inappropriate, got kicked off Facebook. And so I said, well, I'm going to try Cubby next. <laughs> and Cubby? <clears throat> I get Cubby. Cubby and Karen, remember? Cubby the drummer. Sure, absolutely. One of the most famous Musketeers. So I get a hold of his wife, and I said, well, I just had an interview with uh, J.J., and uh, let me send it to you, and uh, I'd like to do all the Mouseketeers. And so she hears this thing, and <laughs> I call her back, and she's laughing, and she says, Cubby thought it was very funny. He wants to do your show because he wants to set the record straight. And Ooh. Holly, his wife, got me all the rest of the Mouseketeers after that. Wonderful. She said, yeah, yeah, she, and... and all the living ones. <laughs> if well, I would do Annette, I say, yeah. I'd be on the. If I could do Annette, I'd be on the front page of the paper. She was dead. So, right. so uh, and, and that's how it started. And then I went to. I helped somebody at a, a signature show at the Hollywood Museum. Got to meet Paul Peterson. Got to. And and Paul and I dated the same girl. Paul Peterson was in Cleveland, 
one summer at a Kane Park, which is a summer theater here, happened to date a girl that I dated, so we had something in common, and uh, from there he helped me, and it, and it, it just started from there. And uh, I've interviewed almost uh, 175 uh, celebrities. I took now, the, 50, is there, the 50 best. Is, was there one person who said, yes, I'll do it? You were kind of surprised that they, they would go along with it? Did anybody surprise you by doing it? Uh, surprise me by doing it. Well, not really. <laughs> I got known. Good. I started going through well, agents. But I'll tell you, um, just the other day, uh, a celebrity uh, called me up that I had met. Uh, he had been in bus stop. I got sick of his name now. We, and we did the interview, and he called me. And I, I was kind of surprised. That, that was a nice uh, yeah. uh, thing. And I just mentioned it to him at the celebrity show. And uh, his name is Don Murray. He was in Bus Stop, and big time. Oh, sure, I know Don time, Murray. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time actor, and uh, I was uh, flattered that he called me. <laughs> so, um, I, I've I've done a number of, of biggies. I've, I the smaller ones sometimes make the character actors make better interviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they just sometimes are just funnier. They have more to say, and they're more open, less guarded. And, uh, again, I've been out to dinner with a lot of them, and uh, some of them I've kept in contact with. Sherry Jackson was one of those that was on the Danny Thomas uh, Make Room for Daddy. Uh, we became friends, and I talked to her quite frequently. Um, so, you know, it, it, they're all different type of people. They all fall in certain categories. Not all of them had bad lives, like uh, you hear on uh, Entertainment Tonight or something like that. Um, so, but ev- all of them have something surprising to say that you wouldn't know, um, and and that that's that's a good part of the, the book. Absolutely, so. shooting the breeze with baby boomer stars, surprising celebrity conversations for the retro generation. Torchy Smith, the author, you can uh, check him out. Baby boomer, uh, baby boomers talk radio. That's babyboomerstalkradio.com, and the book indeed is available everywhere. Torchy, I appreciate your time today. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you uh, having me on uh, your show in uh, Minneapolis. Is that where I'm calling? Minnesota. That's, All of Minnesota. that's <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's exactly it, Torchy. I heard you're the man, man. You're the man. Well, that's nice so, to know. I don't know who's lying to you, but, you know. <laughs> no, you were, you were Thank voiced you over. Much. I did some background. I did some background information on you. And, oh, you uh, did? You, you yeah, had quite a career. That's, that's great. It's, yeah, uh, I've been very lucky. You're no flash of the pan, that's for sure. Well, we're going to find out. Maybe after about 50 years, I'll be a flash in the pan. One never, one never knows. <laughs> no, I love years. it, though. I lo- yeah, right. You know, what's great, Torchy, is, I, you know, you, you and I have never spoken before. I look forward. I love to interview people, just like you do, it sounds like, because right. you do always yeah. learn something, and it's, it was terrific. I had a great time talking to you today, Torchy. Come okay. back and talk, uh, talk some more. I'd love it. Thank you. Okay. That'd be fine. Thank you have so a, much. Have a good day. Bye now. Bye. Torchy Smith, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for today. He was a very pleasant guy, I thought. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was. Ah. Uh, sorry, our mics were off. 
No, I really enjoyed it. I love that old, like, behind-the-scenes stuff on some of those classic TV shows and movies. And it's so fun to just be able to listen to it and and just enjoy it. It gives you better appreciation for uh, the shows and television back in the day. I was hoping Andy would find my dad. Now here is a man. That was that by was Paul who? Peterson speaking. Paul, Paul Peterson. Peterson. That's right. We got to go anyway. The clocks are ticking, and if we don't get off now, Cassie will go. Jesus, now I got to edit all that out too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show. He isn't much in the eyes of the world. He'll never make history No, he isn't much in the eyes of the world But he is the world to me My dad Now here is a To me, he is everything strong, no.